here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. I'm going to start the show a little differently today. We'll get into the nasty, sleazy stuff in a minute, where the good guy actually likely wins. Now, there is a uh, there's a lot of books coming out, aren't there? There's a lot of books coming out. But I want to mention something to you. What if I told you there's a book coming out that is very kind, very supportive, very positive about our police officers? Is that something you'd want to read? What if I told you the book is for little kids, ages four to eight, four to nine, three to nine, something like that? What if I told you the book was written and illustrated by my father, my 93-year-old father? And I want to tell you why. And and hang in there. I'll get into the news. You know what the news is, and I'll, I'll give you my take, my special take on it. And here's what he says in the beginning. This book was created for young people with the hope that it will help them look upon the police as friends, guardians, and protectors who work hard and tirelessly to keep our world safe and secure. And I write the preface in the book. It's a beautiful book. Growing up as a young child and then teenager on the tough streets of Philadelphia in the 1920s and 30s, my father, Jack, gained a fond appreciation for the role of the police. My parents taught us from a young age to respect the police and their difficult job. In fact, two of my uncles served in the Philadelphia Police Department. Uncle Willie was a motorcycle officer, and Uncle Jack was a traffic officer. My father is a deeply patriotic man with a great deal of common sense. He understands that in all walks of life and in every profession, man's imperfections prevent themselves. But having witnessed recent events and related news reports painting police officers and police departments in an extremely negative light, he felt a book especially geared to our young people was essential so that they learned to respect law and order. If you could imagine an America without law and order, it would be a place where people would be free to create all kinds of trouble, endangering our lives, families, businesses, and lifestyles. In other words, America would cease being the America we know and love, a civil society where the life, liberty, and happiness in the individual are cherished and protected. While our government is established with various institutions that have as their purpose the preservation of our unalienable rights, it is left to law enforcement, particularly our community and neighborhood police officers, to ensure that our lives, property, and everyday activities are safeguarded. Police officers are also on the front lines as the first responders when the public is threatened by acts of nature, such as earthquakes or hurricanes, or by acts of man that endanger the public safety. In certain instances, our police officers serve as neutral protectors of our rights as citizens, such as guaranteeing the safety and peaceful protesters 
who may march down a public street chanting slogans we might find offensive. For these reasons, police officers are often referred to as peace officers. My father is now 93 years old. He's authored and illustrated several wonderful children's books. In each book, he seeks to open the eyes and minds of young people to the greatness of American history, principles, and values. And he wants the next generation to be as proud of America as his generation. In Our Police, that's the name of the book, In Our Police, my father has written and illustrated another beautiful book. From my family to yours, we hope you enjoy it. I would just alert you to the fact that the book comes out October 30th, but you can pre-order it on Amazon.com or any major bookstore site like Barnes & Noble. At Amazon, I notice it's 30% off. Uh, I suspect he won't be writing any more books. Um, if this appeals to you, um, I think you ought to give it a try. I think you'll like it a lot. I really do. He uh, He finished it six, eight months ago, and it's beautifully done. And we'll go ahead and link to it on Mark Levin Show Facebook, and we'll link to it on Mark Levin Show um, Twitter. Now, uh, you see what's been going on today. Have you noticed nothing from the FBI report, the supplemental report, has been leaked? Nothing. And the reason nothing's been leaked is because the Democrats have nothing to leak from the FBI report. It is as we said it would be. When you have two adults testifying in front of the United States, the public, testifying in front of a Senate committee, testifying in front of the media, you have garnered more information from those two adults than you would garner from a background investigation from the FBI. But the Democrats were hoping that something would come up, anything would come up. And as I said back then, it's a remarkable thing to watch the Democrats. They hate law enforcement. They hate law enforcement. They hate the FBI. They hate ICE. They hate the Border Patrol. And yet they tried to use the FBI as a fig leaf. All through, all through the, the uh, Comey unethical and activities and the other criminal activities by senior officials at the FBI, we had the Democrats telling us that we were attacking the FBI. And over and over and over again, we said no. We're attacking the leadership of the FBI. Comey now gone under investigation. The number two under criminal investigation. The number three under investigation. On and on. I've never seen anything like it. But the men and women of the FBI are patriots. The men and women of law enforcement are patriots. And the Democrats cannot stand them. Even though they run these cities and oversee these police departments. No leak from the FBI supplemental report, which tells you there's simply nothing in it that the Democrats could say would help them. Or they would have leaked it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what you've witnessed the last several months will go down in American history as a truly bleak time, as a truly dark moment. The Democrat Party, still, still, the Democrat Party, now make it clear, represents... Tyranny, no due process, no presumption of innocence. It's a job interview. This is what they say. 
So when you're accused of a heinous criminal act, it's a job interview. I could hear the East German Stasi saying this. It's not a trial. It's just a job interview. Every fascistic, communist, throwback regime that rejects the notion of Western civilization, that rejects the great thinkers, the great men of the past. Every regime sounds like the Democrats sounded during the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings and today. And the media in this country, the media in this country know better than the government media in the old East Germany, the government media in the old Soviet Union, taking up the ideological cause and trashing any human being who dares to challenge it. And what exactly did Brett Kavanaugh do? Drank? No, that wasn't the problem. That wasn't the problem at all. The problem was he embraced the Constitution. He embraced the Constitution, which the progressive status cannot and will not. You look on this committee. You look at these senators on the committee. Every Democrat comes from a dark blue state. Every one of them. Not even a marginal state, blue versus red. Dark blue states. This is their mentality, ladies and gentlemen. They are the progeny of the hard left. They are the progeny of Hegel, of Marx, of Engels. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. This is who they are. And this is one of the reasons why I will continue to go behind this microphone and take them on. It's not enough to go through the day's news every single day, to pull it off websites or out of newspapers and, and just dance through it. No. This is a bigger battle. It's a battle between liberty and tyranny. It surely is. And let us hope Donald Trump has another appointment to the Supreme Court. And he should pick the most solid constitutional attorney and professor or judge he possibly can. And I am absolutely thrilled that so many of you now have had enough. And so many of our brothers and sisters see the light. I'll be right back. South Carolina in one incident. Where's the outpouring here? I'm quite, where's the outpouring? (sighs) Country's changed dramatically. It's truly changed dramatically. You know, you never know what you're going to read when you wake up in the morning, particularly when you're a public figure. And there was a piece in the Washington Compost by somebody named Michael DeBonis, or D-E-B-O-N-I-S. And I'm going to read this to you. The longest-serving U.S. senator found himself under sudden attack from President Trump on Tuesday night. And hours later, Patrick J. Leahy remained bewildered by the whole thing. Now, Leahy has been a, a hitman for the left for decades, a smear merchant. 
But the Washington Post feels it needs to come to his defense and figure out why would Donald Trump be criticizing him? At a campaign rally in South Haven, Mississippi, Trump suggested that Leahy had a drinking problem while uh, riffing about the Democratic chairman who might be in charge come January if Republicans lose the Senate majority. A guy like Bernie Sanders would be in charge of the budget committee. Patrick Leahy. Oh, he's never had a drink in his life, Trump said. Check it out. Look under Patrick Leahy slash drink. Patrick Leahy dash drink will be in charge of the Appropriations Committee. In a brief interview Wednesday, Leahy called the attack bogus baloney. Well, that's kind of... You ever had bogus baloney, Mr. Producer? And said he had no idea where Trump had gotten the notion he was a drinker. He attacks everybody except Vladimir Putin, he said. Everyone knows it's bogus. (laughs) We do. Leahy, who's 78 and has served in the... By the way, I thought the accused is presumed guilty. So, Patrick Leahy, you're presumed to be a drunk by your own standards. It's a job interview. It's not a, it's not a court of law. How's it feel, dummy? In a brief interview Wednesday, Leahy called the attack bogus baloney. Now, Leahy was 78 and has served in the Senate since 1975. Holy mackerel. Is known for a number of things on Capitol Hill, among them his Batman movie cameos. Look at the post. There's a news story, writes this stuff. His fondness for the Grateful Dead and his love of photography and scuba diving and his nasty, vicious smear tactics. I added that. But tippling is not one. Three longtime congressional aides of both parties consulted about Trump's claims. A Democrat and two Republicans all said that while Leahy is certainly not known as a teetotaler, he's also not known to drink in excess. Well, how do we know that? Did we check his high school yearbook? How do we know that? Have we talked to anybody who went to school with him? How do we know that? By Wednesday morning, an Internet search for Patrick Leahy drink turned up mainly coverage of Trump's remarks. Notably, the attack came as Trump's Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh, is under withering scrutiny, ladies and gentlemen, for his high school and college drinking. And notice the reporter didn't go back to look at Leahy's high school and college drinking. Leahy is among the Senate Judiciary Committee members who questioned Kavanaugh on the subject on September 27. But there is a clue where Trump might have gotten fodder for his attacks. Do you have the audio, Mr. Producer? In 2010, conservative talk radio host Mark Levin, 2010, conservative host Mark Levin, well, that's an improvement over a right-wing conspiracy theorist, aired an extended, uh, hold on, computer's uh, bonking out on me here, aired an extensive, uh, what did I air? Uh, aired an extended uh, bit on a speech Leahy gave on the Senate floor at 9.41 a.m. on January 28, 2010. Hell, it's almost nine years ago. Criticizing the Citizens United versus FEC Supreme Court decision and sound effects of a beer pouring in a cup. Levin accused Leahy of slurring his speech. Quote, I think we have a senator with beer breath. I could be wrong. I leave it to you to decide. Honestly, he sounds drunk to me. There's one problem with Levin's accusation. Leahy just happens to sound like that. C-SPAN video of other... Le- I want you to think about it. I did a bit on Leahy. I did a bit on Leahy. This idiot with the Washington compost is going digging deep. Well, we checked with three congressional... And then we went back to C-SPAN. 
although they never did go back to high school or college with Leahy. And we all know, Washington Compost and Mike, whatever your name is, we all know, guilty as accused, pal. That's your standard. Leahy's speeches around that time show him speaking in a similar manner. And in a hallway interview Wednesday, he sounded much the same. What, he sounded drunk? Leahy said he had no idea about any interaction where Trump might have gotten any impression about his drinking habits. (laughs) The only personal encounter he could recall was Trump's 2017 inauguration, an episode he called very pleasant but devoid of alcohol. At 10 o'clock in the morning, walking through the Capitol, he said no. So he got it from me, says the Washington Post. When we come back after the break, I will play for you the very audio that the Washington Post found compelling after enormous amount of research. After enormous amount of research, the Washington Post, which obviously could not find anybody in high school or college, didn't even contact them who went with Leahy uh, to high school or college to see if he had a drinking problem or was involved in other nefarious activities. You won't want to miss this. It's actually pretty funny. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Mark LEVIN, the voice the liberals want to silence. But you can talk to Mark at 877-381-3811. Look, we've got to nail down this drinking stuff because the Democrat Party is now the teetotaler party. And so we need to nail it down. So the Washington Post comes to the defense of Patrick Leahy. Because that's what the Washington Post does. The Washington Post every day exposes itself as a left-wing Democrat rag. And by the way, uh, this Sunday on the Fox News Channel, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, we have an entire show on the media and its coverage of the Kavanaugh hearings and Trump. It is very, very compelling. I've got Joe Concha and Molly Hemingway. That's this Sunday at 10 p.m. How the media have dealt with the Kavanaugh hearings, how they deal with President Trump, and we have a lot of interesting and compelling information and uh, insider information that I think you're going to like a lot. So we're back in our regular hour, and I hope you'll watch it. But the Washington Compost is very concerned Here's exactly what we did on January. I don't even know. They said, what is it? January, uh, blah, blah, blah. January 28, 2010 on the Mark Levin Show. Go. 
Cut nine, go. And as Justice Stevens' dissent makes clear, the narrow majority of the justices, including Justice Alito... Stop, stop, rewind it. Is he slurring his speech? I have to ask the question. I'm not accusing him of anything. I'm saying, listen carefully. Is he slurring his speech? Cut nine, go. And as Justice Stevens' dissent makes clear, the narrow majority of the justices... Stop. Including ju- he is slurring his speech. Isn't he, Mr. Producer? Listen to this. Justice Alito substituted their own preferences for those... All right, stop. Hold on a second. Is this guy sober on the Senate floor? What's going on with it? We had this, this Bacchus on there slobbering through a speech. Now, you know I'm right, Mr. Producer. You know I'm right. Now you hear it? It's word after word, is it not? Now, this is entertaining. Let's start from the beginning. This is Patrick Leahy, who does not, in my humble opinion, I'm not accusing him, sounds sober to me, does he to you? You Vermonters out there, does he sound it to you? Uh, Cut nine, go. And as Justice Stevens' dissent makes clear, the narrow majority of the justices, including Justice Alito, substituted their own preferences for those of the duly elected Congress, despite 100 years of their own Supreme Court precedents. Uh, wake up the guys at Hot Air and uh, Free Republic and these other places and let them know we have an audio for them. An audio via our friends at uh, Real Clear Politics, Dan Real, all the rest of you out there. Uh, maybe our brother uh, Matt Drudge, Lucianne. I think we have a senator with wobbly legs. I think we have a senator with uh, beer breath. I could be wrong. I'll leave it to you to decide. Honestly. He sounds drunk to me, doesn't he? And that was it. And he did sound drunk to me, and he still does. I make no accusations. Uh, But under these new standards of the Democrat Party, uh, guilty as accused, unless he can prove otherwise. So we would say to the Washington Compost and all the compost media out there, we would say to all of them, and we would say to Patrick Leahy, you sound drunk. Prove that you're not. Just prove that you're not. That's all. What's the problem? We presume you're guilty. Just prove to us that you're not. Now, over there at the Washington Compost, they didn't prove anything. They have three anonymous congressional staffers. We have all kinds of witnesses they haven't interviewed, ladies and gentlemen, people in high school and college who may have gone to school with the Vermonter. We haven't had an FBI background check on the senator for all the time that he's been in the United States Senate. We haven't had a thorough examination of Patrick Leahy, despite his 412 years in the United States Senate. I say he sounds uh, like he's sloshed. I'm not accusing him of anything, but even if I did accuse him of something, he has to prove his innocence. That's the new standard. I'm just applying it to... One of the senators who was at the Senate Judiciary Committee who said it's a job interview. Okay, it's a job interview. I'm interviewing him. It's a job interview. Right, Mike uh, DeBonis, if that is your name? And while we're on the subject uh, of, uh, of drinking, there was an exclusive on June 28, 2016 on the New York Post. Now, I don't know if this is true. What do I know? It's, uh, it's in the papers. I just have to guess. CNN anchor Chris Cuomo was boozing at his wife's swanky magazine party in Southampton before he crashed his classic convertible into a parked SUV during a drag race, sources told The Post. Like I say, 
I'm not the first source on this. I don't know. They got him away from the scene fast, a source said. Everybody heard it. It was a full-blown drag race. Cuomo, brother of Governor Andrew Cuomo, had just left a party hosted by his wife, Christina, for Beach Magazine at uh, some club I can't pronounce on May 28, when he got behind the wheel of his 1969 Pontiac Firebird and pulled up alongside a friend's 1967 Pontiac Le Mans, sources said. Photos show a blonde woman standing in front of the hot rods with her arms raised high as if signifying the start of a race. I saw that woman rolling around, posing and modeling on the car. And then I realized there were two cars and they pulled into the street, a witness said. We knew it was him. And then they peeled out and went to where the middle of the uh, train station almost is. And right before that, he lost control and ran into that Mercedes. Cuomo dented the back of the 2014 Mercedes SUV at the corner of Elm Street and Powell Avenue, the sources said. His wife told him to leave, according to sources. He drove home in his car with a cracked radiator leaking fuel, they added. Christina stayed and spoke to cops who later stopped by Cuomo's home to question him. He was drinking, and I believe that's why he was sent home, a source said. Everyone saw the state he was in when he crashed and got really quiet. Police report makes no mention of the drag race or of drinking, simply stating that Cuomo was distracted by someone yelling and waving. A source close to Cuomo offered the same explanation, saying the CNN host had been waving as he peeled away from the party and lost control. Other pals have given different stories, saying that the woman with her arms up was pretending it was a starting line. Sure. While onlookers took photos, when Cuomo turned away, he bumped into the SUV, the source said. Friends of the couple have said Cuomo simply hit the gas on his old car and it jumped, crashing into the Mercedes. And one source said Chris had a drink at her party, but he certainly wasn't drunk. Now, I didn't write this story. I didn't write this story. I don't even know if it's accurate, but Chris Cuomo's guilty. Guilty as accused by the New York Post, page six. That's the way it works. Plus, he's a white male, so we know he's guilty. Right, Chris? All right. I think we're going to have a fun couple of months, don't you? You know, my producer was such a fan of my ex-chair, we finally decided that it was time to get him his own ex-chair. And boy, he really loves it. And my producer and I are different heights, yet how the ex-chair conforms to each of us to provide the same unbelievable level of support and comfort is really cool. He's physically feeling the difference, less pain, more energy, better focus, more productivity, and so forth. You need to feel the X-Chair difference for yourself. And if you want to see how beautiful the amazing chair is, just go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com, to see the various models. Now, if you own a business, if you're a business owner, take my advice. If you want uh, happier, more productive employees, then consider getting X-Chairs to your entire staff. It's a very reasonable investment that will pay huge dividends. X-Chair is on sale right now for $100 off. Just go to xchairlevin.com, that's xchairlevin.com, or call them, 844-4X-Chair, 844-4X-Chair. X-Chair comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. Go to xchairlevin.com, and by the way, if you use code LEVINFOOTREST, You'll also get a free footrest. XChair.com, 
Levin Footrest, or our toll-free number, 844-4-X-CHAIR. All right. Let's see what we've got here. All right. Let's hope the call screen is working. Well, of course, it's not. The great KSFO, Tom in California. Go. Hey, Mark. How are you? Thank you okay. for having me on. been listening yep. to you for years. Thank you. Um, I, was, I was traveling. My wife and I have an anniversary. It's also on her birthday. And I was traveling down south in California. And I just heard this guy speaking. And that is the absolute first thing that I said. Okay, I know that was an older version, but this one, when he was just speaking at the, at the hearing, uh, I heard it on Friday for the first time. That's the first thing I said. I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? He sounds mm-hmm. loaded. The guy sounds like three sheets to the wind. And we just heard you on the radio. Me and my, my kids were in the car with me, too. And they, we all started laughing because they're like, Dad, that's the first thing you said about this guy. And I, <sighs> Well, shouldn't, shouldn't we know if the United States Senator, I mean, we can't rely on the Washington Post. It's utterly unreliable, ideologically driven. Uh, and a yellow, uh, a yellow uh, newspaper, that is yellow journalism. Shouldn't we know, as a matter of fact, I mean, after all, he's guilty. Is he not guilty as charged? Uh, I, uh, we're talking about the, uh, this guy speaking that was drunk, right? Yes, Mr. Leahy. Now, we don't know if he was, but uh, the indication is to my ears that he was slurring his speech. Therefore, he's guilty unless he proves otherwise. Well, I mean, we've got Ruth Buzzy drunk again on Jim Ginsburg. So um, I think that these people, it's been, uh, we've had enough. That's what got Trump elected is people just had enough of this whole deep state stuff, deep state things. You know, I've come to the conclusion, you know what people love about Donald Trump? There's two things. Not only is he pushing a conservative agenda, and most Americans really are conservative when you really think about it, but he fights back. He's the first Republican to fight back the way the Democrats fight him. What do you think of that, Tom? Absolutely. That, you just nailed it on the head. That's he fights why- back against the Democrats. He fights back against the media, and they hate him, and they hate it. He puts it in, at them as they have been putting it at all these conservatives for so long. Because conservatives, for the most part... They, they sit there, they listen. I'm, I'm trained law enforcement. So what you do is you sit there and you listen to it and you listen to it. You, your silence does not mean that you agree with them. It does not you know, mean that you support them. It's just kind of like your job to just not argue with these people. And you just go on and you do your thing, you do your job. And for them to argue with you, it's like they say, what, when you argue with a fool, there are now two. Well, yep. conservatives tend to say, you know what, instead of arguing with you, I'm just going to say, okay, I understand your perspective, I understand your opinion, and I respect it, and blah, 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 mm-hmm. and they back up. No, I like it when they say the honorable gentleman, when in fact he's not a gentleman or honorable. Uh, but I'll tell you this, my friend, I think that's the case. Look, Lindsey Graham has completely remade himself by giving the speech he gave on the Senate Judiciary Committee, has he not? Wow. Wow. I'm going to tell you, I, he was really on shaky Because he pushed back, and the American people, particularly regular Americans, as opposed to the irregular on the left, regular Americans said, by God, somebody's finally fighting back. And you see what they did to him? You see what they did to him? The conservatives have been doing this for far too long, where 
And as soon as Lindsey Graham speaks up, all of a sudden, oh, my God, I saw pictures of him on Twitter put out there by um, uh, Arnold's wife. Uh, what's her mm. name there? She's like, yeah, could you name? imagine this man? Yeah. Uh, this man, look at his face. Oh, my God, what an animal. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, we don't need lectures from her. All right, Tom, you're in San Jose. We love San Jose. Not too far from there is my favorite donut shop, Stands, as you know, in Santa Clara. And by the way, we have killer ratings on KSFO and particularly in San Jose. Did you know that? Yes, I do. I'm one of them. Well, thank you, brother. And you be safe. You're in law enforcement. You said you be safe. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, if you want to get a nice write-up in the Washington Post, you just start trashing the Republicans, trash the process, trash the FBI investigation. It's one of the analysts on Fox has done, and they got a wonderful write-up in the Post. If you want to stand on our founding principles and call out the tyrants on the left, you get a little goofy write-up like I did in the Washington Post. You see, that's how it works. That's how it works. Get a little carrot. If you conform, you get whacked if you don't. Well, then whack away. Bunch of whackers there at the Washington Post. Weed whackers. You know what's not smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. But you know what is smart? ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't wait for candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology, scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. No more sorting through the wrong resumes. No more waiting for the right candidates to apply. It's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the United States. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, you, my listeners, can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The latest news we're hearing now is the three Republican stooges are still undecided or they're not revealing where they stand. You've been hearing all day that Susan Collins and Flake were very pleased with the thoroughness of the FBI report. Now we're hearing that they are not sure and they're not going to announce. You see, these people are utterly and completely unprincipled. They are unmoored from any notion of loyalty to our founding principles. The Democrats are running around saying the FBI report is crap, yet they asked for it. And now we have the three stooges of the Republican Party really studying it. They ought to study the Constitution. They ought to study Judge Kavanaugh's decisions. They ought to study what it is that the Supreme Court's supposed to do. But no. They like positive write-ups in the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost. They love positive comments on MSLSD and the Constipated News Network. This is what they live for. This is what they love. And you folks in Maine and Alaska, Flake we know can't run in Arizona. He couldn't get elected anything. 
But you folks in Maine and Alaska, take note. We're heard all over Maine and Alaska. But this decision is bigger than one state or two states. This is a, a national decision involving our federal Supreme Court, which issues rulings that affect each and every one of us, no matter where we live. And I would strongly encourage you to contact Susan Collins' office and Lisa Murkowski's office and to be on your best behavior, to be civil, but make it abundantly clear what you believe and what you think. Because I can assure you the left, the mob on the left, the army of miscreants and malcontents, they're very busy on their phones. I can, I can assure you that. So you need to get busy. Polite. Civil. Otherwise, you'll push them in the wrong direction. This is how these people are. They're very thin-skinned. I can't believe what the president said. Can you believe what Leahy said? Can you believe what Booker said? Can you believe what Kamala Harris said? Can you believe what little Dick Durbin said? Can you believe what Feinstein said and did? Can you believe any of those people? They never criticize them. Well, you know, they're my colleagues. I can't believe what the president said. No, that's not presidential. Oh, right. And the clown show for the last three months by the Democrats and the Senate Judiciary Committee and you three Republican stooges who give it air. That's very senatorial. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. According to the Associated Press, Montana Republican Senator Steve Dane says he's going to attend his daughter's wedding back home in Montana on Saturday, regardless of a possible weekend Senate vote on embattled Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. This is the AP Danes told the Associated Press in a statement 
that two things are going to happen this weekend. There's going to be a new Supreme Court justice, and Danes is going to walk his daughter down the aisle. Danes has supported Kavanaugh throughout a confirmation process. All right, whatever. The senator's spokeswoman, Katie uh, Shuttler, says Danes read the FBI report on the allegations and saw no evidence of corroborating claims made by Christine Blasey Ford and two other women. She says Danes believes it's time the confirmation moves forward. Well, that's fine, but are you going to be there to vote on it if it's Saturday? You know, there's the Democrats control the media narrative. And I got to thinking, and I asked this question on Sunday on the program. Do the Democrats take their lead from the media Do the media take their lead from the Democrats? I believe the media now lead the way and the Democrats follow. Let me underscore that point so the backbenchers can repeat it, that the media lead the way and the Democrats follow. I'll give you an example. There's really precious little reporting on the fact that despite all the demands for another FBI background uh, investigation that Dr. Ford's allegations could provide no corroboration whatsoever, no evidence whatsoever, no witnesses whatsoever. None. No corroboration whatsoever, no witnesses whatsoever, no evidence whatsoever. They went back and they interviewed people. And so they trashed the FBI report. Well, they didn't interview Dr. Ford. There's nothing to ask Dr. Ford. And if they did interview Dr. Ford, really, then you would need a criminal investigation, of which this is not uh, for her to explain her inconsistencies and so forth. And all these witnesses, who she says she has or doesn't have, would have to be interviewed in that context. But they aren't. So there's very little discussion about that. That is the fact that the FBI report found that there's no corroboration. Is that not a big deal? Chuck Rassley was pretty good today. He went up behind the microphone and I want to go to cut 12, Mr. Producer, and here in part is what he said. Go ahead. Kavanaugh should be confirmed on Saturday. Now, this started downhill very quickly on about July the 10th when Schumer said that we're going to do everything we can to stop this nomination. And you can look back 87 days and you can see that everything but whether he's qualified to serve has been brought up. Brought up. I've tried to commit, and I think I've carried out, what I promised immediately, that we were going to have a fair and thorough process. We have had a fair and thorough process, and I think that's best demonstrated by the fact that we, the minute I read about who the person was in the Feinstein letter, Dr. Ford, I read about her name in the paper, and we got on it right away to provide the form she wanted. And in turn, we provided the same form for Kavanaugh. 
But what I've been dealing with since July the 10th, the downhill slope that Schumer's put us on, is really dealing with the demolition derby. And we're, they just about destroyed a good person to be on the Supreme Court. The reason I think there's been a lot of pushback across the country on what took place in the Senate Judiciary Committee and what's taking place in the media is because not all Americans, but most Americans have common sense. Most Americans are good people. Most Americans know a set-up job when they see one. They saw a Senate Judiciary Committee that apparently hates men. That promotes lies and mob rule. That plays dirty tricks. That rejects fundamental due process rights. That declares a person guilty without justice, without evidence, without anything. And as I said yesterday, the American people saw a federal judge a man with a stellar reputation brought the tears in front of the media, in front of the nation, in front of the world. And they saw Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee who relished it. Who relished it. And they came to hate Kavanaugh the way they've come to hate the president because he fought back. Because he spoke up. Because he challenged his accusers. The Democrats and the radical left-wing nut base want you to believe that they represent women. That they stand for women's rights. No, they don't. They stand for left-wing women. But they don't stand for women's rights. Is there a single conservative woman that they don't trash? Of course not. You're either with their ideology or you're against it. This cycle, it's an attack on old white men. 1991, it was an attack on a black African American by the name of Clarence Thomas. In Barack Obama's re-election, they didn't care about women. They trashed Sarah Palin. They tried to destroy her. They filed ethics complaints against her. They attacked her intelligence. And on and on and on. They don't stand for women. They don't stand for minorities. They stand for power. They stand for progressive statism. Control. And they turn citizen against citizen. That's what they do. Whether it's man against woman, whether it's straight against gay, whether it's rich against poor, black against white, so forth and so on. That's who they are. That's what they do. That's how the Democrat Party exists. That's how it was created. They stand for women. Let me tell you a little secret. Dr. Ford doesn't stand for all women. Her lawyer doesn't stand for all women. 
The others making accusations against Kavanaugh don't stand for all women. They don't stand for the women I know. Who stands for Mrs. Kavanaugh? Who stands for the two Kavanaugh daughters? Not the Democrats. They could care less. Who could stand for Mrs. Kavanaugh, Judge Kavanaugh's mother? Not the Democrats. If you do not embrace their radical left agenda, they seek to destroy you, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're a woman, whether you're a male, whether you're gay or whether you're straight. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. J.T. Fairfax, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Hey, Mark. I'm really thrilled to be on the air with you. Uh, my name is J.T. Doolittle, and my father was a conservative Republican uh, U.S. representative from Northern California for 18 years. Named I Tom remember Trump. his name. Yep. Uh, the corrupt media, the Democrats under Nancy Pelosi, as well as the corrupt leadership of the Justice Department, uh, worked very hard to ruin my father and our family. Uh, they, they had to fight hard for eight years and, and spend over a million dollars in legal fees. Which Remind me what happened. Well, they were, uh, my dad was in the Republican leadership, and uh, they were friendly with Jack Abramoff, and just by uh, guilt by association, they, uh, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats tried to, tried to take my dad and my family down, but uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, excuse me, after eight years, uh, putting them severely financially in debt, uh, my parents were able to weather the storm and, and come out victorious. Were there charges brought against them? Not a single indictment. There was eight years of uh, investigation. Uh, put them a million dollars. Uh, they had to spend a million dollars just defending themselves. My dad wow, was, can you uh, imagine folks being investigated for eight years? Eight years. The, the FBI still hasn't returned some of the uh, personal effects uh, they took from my family. So this whole Kavanaugh situation very much hits home to me because I believe they've tried to do the same thing to this good man as they attempted to do to my father. The good news is my dad weathered the storm, even though my parents were ruined financially. They didn't fold under the pressure uh, to admit to something they didn't do, and thankfully, neither is Kavanaugh. Uh, the, the real reason I'm, I'm calling those, because I never cared one bit about politics. I, I certainly never considered myself a, a conservative, but the aftermath of the 2016 election uh, changed everything for me. Believe it or not, I was planning on voting for Hillary. I know that sounds crazy, but uh, I was basing that decision purely on how I believed she presented herself on TV during the three televised debates. I thought that she represented herself more presidentially, but as stupid as that sounds, I'm sure there's a lot of other people who did the same thing. Uh, Democrats are very good at looking polished on television. They have a great outer shell with no substance underneath. Uh, but it was, it was after the election when I started to realize how crooked and one-sided the media was, and it was this that started the wheels turning in my head. Um, then seeing all the venomous attacks by liberals on social media towards myself and others uh, for daring to have a different opinion, which that's what really energized me to get into the fight. Um, I'm now a conservative Republican through and through, and I will absolutely be voting Republican in the, the upcoming elections. I've got to imagine there, there's other people more like me out there, people who didn't care much about politics before the election, uh, people who are starting to have their eyes open to what is happening and are, are also ready to get into the fight. Uh, at this point, I, I really believe this is a fight, uh, a fight versus good versus evil. You know, Republicans who stand for freedom and the Constitution versus Democrats who represent hate and 
are working hard to take away our individual God-given liberties. All right, my friend. Well, I think you're exactly right, and my best to your family. I'm sorry you had to go through that. You take care of yourself. MJ, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead, please. Hi. Hi, Mr. Levin. How are you doing this evening? Great. Thank you. Uh, I just want to let you know, first and foremost, um, my son, who's uh, just turned 14, just finished reading Liberty and Tyranny, and I uh, loved it. And he is working on, um, is it Ameritopia? Oh, yes, That's right? That's a tough book, Ameritopia. I appreciate oh, he, it. Oh, no, he's great. I, he, we did cut in between, and he was reading the Charles Krauthammer book and writing a report on it. Good. Um, yeah, but I, um, I, listen, I just first wanted to love your show on Sundays also. It's great. And I um, just wanted to say thanks for everything you do. I have a bad heart, but you, you, you keep it pumping. So oh, thank you. my goodness. Well, <laughs> thank you. And so looking forward to this book coming out. My husband's a cop, so I, I can't wait to this book, but your father did. That's great. I wanted to ask you a question. You were just talking about um, people, you know, lo- uh, with the left loving women and supporting women and all that, just good stuff. And I don't think um, Dr. Ford's lawyers really care about her or care about women because I thought, um, I just kind of thought with General, I'm a former Marine, so I just kind of mm. thought with um, General Flynn, lying to the FBI, maybe, or didn't lie to the FBI, not sure, kind of thought he was maybe getting in trouble going to jail, and I thought with Martha Stewart, maybe not inside of training, but um, going to, maybe going to jail for it, maybe lying to the FBI. Um, if, if the left cares about her, including the Democrats and all these people, I mean, it says right here, Christine Ford's attorneys say they haven't heard from an FBI Kavanaugh investigation. Why would they want the FBI to ask her one question? If the FBI asks one question, just something like, hey, do you fly on airplanes? She's done. She's going to jail. But no, no, no. But here's, here's the thing. If they're she not, lies to the FBI, right? No, I agree with you. But they're not doing a criminal investigation. What? This is what Judge Napolitano doesn't understand or many other people. All they're doing. This is not a criminal investigation where people, you know, can plead the fifth and that sort of thing. What it is is they're trying to ask people about the various allegations that were made, and that's it. Right. No, that's no, but it. I'm saying I saw it under Title 18. Well, Title 18 is a big title. You mean uh, uh, Section 1001, false statements? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's that, that's possible. But again, they're not doing a criminal investigation. They're doing a background investigation. And people have different opinions and so forth. If they're doing a criminal investigation, they would have to be issuing letters. They would have to go through a, a completely different formalized process uh, than they're going through now. If they want to do search, they have to get warrants with probable cause. It's none of that. None well, I of totally that. understand, but if that's what they want, because obviously they want to if drag that's what, out who wants? the midterms, they don't care about the client is what I'm saying. Because they want two things, of course, we all know, to drag it out. But they don't care about the victim is what I was getting at. We know what they want. But they don't want this. They don't want Kavanaugh, which well, I'm so happy for him. But I'm right. so happy for what's going on. But, I mean, I am just disgusted that we know they don't want Kavanaugh. But for them to say they want justice for this victim, because at the end, if they drag this out. No, that, they, the, the way is, if you want justice for the victim, you go into the Montgomery County Police Department and you make out a complaint and see where that goes. And they won't do it. All right, MJ, I do get your point, And I hope you feel well. Uh, given your weak heart. I know the feeling. I've got one myself. But you hang in there. Let us go to Steve, Los Angeles, California. 870, the answer. KRLA, go right ahead. Mark, first of all, thank you for all that you do, you and your partner in crime, uh, Sean Hannity. I, I don't know what we would do without you. 
Thank uh, you. You kind of touched on what I was going to bring up, and maybe I need a little more understanding. Common sense would dictate that they don't need, the FBI does not need to talk to the judge or Dr. Ford. But why not for the sake of appearance? And Because it's not about appearances. They had a limited amount of time. Listen, appearance is not, is not going to assuage the left. It's just not. And so we on the right, we have to start to understand this. Are we constitutionalists? It's not about um, uh, pacifying the media, pacifying the Democrats. Don't you understand they want to destroy what we believe in? Yes. And so we could do 25 FBI investigations. Unless there's one where they can hang their hat on, it's not going to matter. Probably not. These are the same people who said the man is guilty. It's a job interview and that the, and the, and that the, uh, uh, the due process doesn't apply because it's a job interview. Does anybody really think that if it looks better, if the FBI interviewed the two others, that somehow you'll bring over Chuck Schumer? Chuck Schumer's a bomb thrower. That's what we're up against. We're up against truly diabolical individuals. You're not going to be able to appease them under any circumstances. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. You're listening to Denali, the great one. The great one. And you can call in now, 877-381-3811. Fall is officially here and temperatures across the country are starting to drop, aren't they? After a long summer of running your air conditioning, time is quickly approaching to start running your heater as temperatures begin to drop in most of the country. The National Weather Center is saying the north and central part of the U.S. will experience a colder October than years past. Now's the perfect time to consider servicing your system and replacing your HVAC filters. We have the perfect company to help make your life that much easier. FilterBuy.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Choose from over 600 sizes, including custom options that ship free within 24 hours. Plus, they support working Americans manufacturing all their filters right here in America. Save 5% when you subscribe for auto replacement, so you will never forget to change your filters ever again. Filter Buy will save you time and money and help you breathe better. That's FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com, and tell them Mark sent you. We're going to continue to get your input because there's a lot of people who want to talk about this. 
and I certainly don't blame you. Chris, Doylestown, Pennsylvania, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hi, good evening, Mr. Levin. I hope you and your family are well. Thank you. Um, to Patrick Leahy, I'd like to ask if it's frustrating to have people throw comments into the public realm that make you look like an unsavory character. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I understand we're not able to pour through his high school yearbook, but maybe, maybe, if we dig back a little bit further, we might strike it rich and discover a kindergarten project of his, maybe a bottle of Jack Daniels fashioned out of dried macaroni and construction paper. You never know. The fact of the matter is that I, I believe Kavanaugh will be confirmed, but I also believe that uh, chopping a man's reputation in half over baseless accusations is dangerous, and I think it sets a terrifying precedent. Um, Mr. Levin, I've been listening to you since I was in college at Temple back in 2007. Oh, and I consider myself very lucky to have found you. That's really all i got to say. I'm just throwing my two cents out. You're very, very kind. I went to Temple, too, and I still came out of there a conservative, just like you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I did it. You helped, that's for sure. Well, thanks, Chris. I appreciate your very, very kind call. Let's go to Jacques, Monse, Indiana, XM Satellite. Go right ahead, please. How are you doing, Mark? Great listening okay. to you. I love listening to you. I just have a quick comment and one question because yeah. I don't really know the answer. Uh, mm-hmm. My comment is I think all they really was trying to do was plant the seed of doubt in people's mind. I think that's how they wanted to try and come about this. And, you know, sometimes that's all you need to do. But my question is, can they pull any last-minute shenanigans at the, at the last second and go to, like, let's say, the Ninth Circuit Court and try to get this stopped through the legal process? I mean, through the no, judicial process. No, the, the, the courts can't get involved in a confirmation process. This is wholly within the realm of the United States Senate. Even the House can't get involved in it. Uh, to his credit, uh, Mitch McConnell does know how to work the Senate floor. He does know how what the procedures are. Uh, I believe they're planning on a Saturday vote. Uh, because this senator from Montana has his daughter's wedding, maybe it'll be a Sunday vote. But I'll tell you, we got to keep an eye on the three stooges of the Republican Party, um, uh, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and Jeff Lake. Because even now, even now that they got the FBI report that they wanted, even though two of them said it was fulsome, uh, even now they're playing games. And so these are very, very unprincipled uh, individuals in those three And what they're really weighing here, ladies and gentlemen, is their own political careers and futures and uh, how the lib media will treat them, because that is the bottom line. They're driven by how the lib media treat them, Jacques. You have to know that if they don't, their their careers are pretty much over, because I don't think the Republican base would would follow them. And if Jeff Flake really is thinking about running for president, does he really think he can win without any Republican support, I, I just don't think... I think they're not making a decision now because I just don't think they want to be harassed. I, I think I, I think, keep... I think Flake views himself as a spoiler. That's all. He, he's, he's really a nobody who's done nothing. He really has done nothing. Uh, he's getting this enormous amount of attention. The ego's uh, completely out of control. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Uh, let's go to Scott. Omaha, Nebraska, the great K-O-I-L. Go. Hey, Mark, I want to thank you for uh, this great show you have. I want to tell you (laughs) that you are blessed with great intellect, and it's uh, a great pleasure to be able to listen to you every day. I want to make a quick comment, and that is uh, the carnage that these Democrats leave behind. I want to point thing that that should should have alerted us to who these people really are. When Donald Trump was, if you recall, was... um, 
was told that, hey, this guy's got Alzheimer's or this guy's got uh, dementia. I remember that whole conversation that took about two weeks of our time. And none of these guys ever came out and apologized. And they had expert after expert on TV telling us, hey, look at these facial expressions of the president. Hey, look at uh, the way he slurs his words. Look at the way he carries himself. This guy's got problems, right? And here yeah. we are two years later. And I'm going to tell you that this guy is a rock star and a genius and, and is, is burying these guys, which is very, very fun to watch. But anyhow, and then they carry forth, he carries forth that doctor that uh, he... That, that was the one that did all this uh, investigation on his health because Trump, they forced Trump to go through all the medical hoops. And from that, then this guy gets left in carnage as well because he came out and said that Trump didn't have Alzheimer's, that he was very sound and very healthy. Right, and, right. And, and, and what, a, what a bunch of uh, just is, it's maddening as you, as you are conveying as well. But uh, anyhow, that's a bunch of people that we're working with. And nobody ever came out and apologized for for saying that Trump was dementia or has Alzheimer's, and that's a crazy conviction right and there. And they're never going to apologize for it because... No, they never will. This is a hit-and-run bunch. A hit-and-run bunch. Now they got these tax returns or uh, from 2000, 2001, his father's taxes. Somehow they stole those, or somebody stole them, and uh, the ACLU is not around to help. The ACLU is thrown in with the, uh, with the tyrants. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Let us continue. Let's see here. Uh, let us go to Ken, Long Beach, California, 870 The Answer. Go. Yes, Mark. I, my question is, are there any uh, uh, Senate precedents or any rules of the Senate that would allow uh, Diane Feinstein to be declared uh, to rec- recuse herself from any vote because of the uh, alleged uh, involvement with no, they would have to have a financial interest or a family member have a financial interest, something like this, you know, leaking and letters and so forth. No, first of all, you'd have to prove it. So far, they haven't proven it, although we all know she or somebody associated with her did it, but that's not good enough. Secondly, I assume you would need a majority of the Senate. You're not going to get the three stooges. So it would be a sideshow. And uh, my my next question would be. If you could give us a sort of a thumbnail sketch of what uh, would happen with a four-man uh, Supreme Court, I mean, as far as voting. Four-man. Well, There's four eight per- of them I'm on sorry, there. four-person. Sorry. Well, if they vote four to four, that means the holding in the circuit court below stands. Okay. And, and there's, there's, there, there's no such thing as a recess appointment for Supreme Court. Yeah, there could be. I mean, that would be... You could have a recess appointment for a court. Wouldn't last very long, which is why they don't do it. Uh, All you do is you get uh, certain senators, including Republican senators, angry. But uh, you could do it. But the goal here is a lifetime appointment, not an appointment for a year or two. Is that just... You know, hopefully something that would be a thorn in their side. We need to... Listen, we need to... we We need to stop... Acting like losers and be on the defense here. We need to ram this through. Don't worry about recess appointments and recusals and all the rest. These people need to be crushed. And so if you really want to do something, you call one of the three stooges. Uh, you be polite to them and civil to them. And I don't have to be on the air, but you should. And tell them that this is very, very important to you. And you're going to be watching what they do. And in the case of uh, Murkowski and Collins, that you, uh, you take this very, very seriously. All right, my friend, thanks for your call. Frank, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT, go. 
Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Mark, for me, I'm, I'm very concerned that I don't think folks understand the impact that this Kavanaugh hearing is having on due process in this country. And, I'm, and folks should be, we should be outraged because if, if due process is gone, then the country's gone. You have somebody who, who accused Judge Kavanaugh of a crime. And rather than the burden of proof being on the accuser, which is due process. The burden of proof is on the accused. And not only that, but now the accuser gets to determine what is justified proof. He has a calendar. Well, that's not good enough. All the witnesses say that that he didn't do it or he he wasn't there. That's not good enough. We need an FBI investigation. That's not good enough. And then he's not even allowed to point to the inconsistencies of the accuser, Ford, and all the lies that, no, 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 you're not allowed to talk to her. She's, she's the victim. Mark, if I can just go around accusing people, you know, Mark, you hate women. Well, I have a daughter. Yeah, but that's not good enough. Well, but I work with, yeah, but that's not. And now it's up to you to prove to me that you don't. Due process is done. And, and I don't know Kavanaugh. I mean, I want Kavanaugh to be voted, but this is so much bigger than Justice Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court. This is the country, and I, and I don't feel that folks really understand the impact of this. I think a lot do. I really do. Maybe not enough, but I think there's a rising tide here, and you put it very, very beautifully, uh, Frank. Very well put. Thank you for your call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. been sleeping on my Casper mattress for several years. I'd pick it over any mattress I've ever owned. Helps me get the best night's sleep, period. Now, once you try Casper, you're going to love yours, too. Casper is a high-quality mattress at an affordable price. I sleep cool and comfortably every night thanks to the unique combination of foams that provide the right pressure relief and alignment. Casper ships right to your door for free in a small, how-did-they-do-that-size box. They'll even pick it up if you don't love it and refund you everything, from its engineering to its packaging to letting you try it for 100 nights. It's no wonder Casper has over 35,000 five-star reviews of all their products across Casper, Google, and Amazon. Put Casper to the test in your own home for 100 nights risk-free. Go to Casper.com and use code MARK for $50 towards the purchase of select mattresses. That's Casper.com, code MARK, for $50 towards the purchase of select mattresses. Casper.com, terms and conditions apply. All right. Again, uh, I will not be here tomorrow, Friday, and I will not be here on Monday. Uh, I am not taking a vacation. Trust me on that. I will be back on Tuesday. That's the plan. I will not be here tomorrow. I will not be here Monday. Brian Mudd, I believe, is tomorrow. Correct, Rich? And Dan Bongino on Monday. Two great hosts. I'm very grateful that they are available, too. John Fullerton, California, 870 The Answer. Go right ahead. Hey, Mark, at first I've got to tell you that my wife and I love your television show. It's the best thing on TV. Thank you, thank you. Well, Sunday it's back at 10 p.m. the way it should be Eastern, and where you are, it's 7 p.m. 
And and we actually missed you last Sunday because of the time change, although I've got it set up to tape on Saturday, so I'm, I didn't miss you. Listen, Mark, Thank I you. just want to suggest one thing about Senators uh, Murkowski and Collins and Flake. I have yeah. the feeling that they are going to vote for uh, Kavanaugh, and they've already made up my, their minds. But by, by not tipping their hand at this point, the Republicans are putting maximum pressure on those Democrats running for the Senate in states that Trump won. You know, this makes a ton of sense, assuming Collins and Flake and Murkowski are playing ball. You think they're playing ball? I think that they are. Uh, once, once they looked at the report, and Flake and Collins, I think, are on record saying this is a this is a definitive report. This is a good in-depth uh, investigation. I'm on board. I think that they're not backing away from that now. They're re- merely letting Mansion and the rest of these Democrats who would like to have it both ways. They're letting them sit on the hot plate. It must just be Mansion because high. Camp already announced from North Dakota that she's voting against him, and so did the guy uh, Donnelly in Indiana. So Manchin's the last one left. They are voting, or she at least is voting contrary to the will of her own constituency. All right, my friend. That's fascinating. I hope you're right. I appreciate it. Mike, East Brunswick, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go right ahead. Yeah, Mark, thanks for taking my call. I'd like to talk for a minute about my new least favorite senator, Amy uh, <laughs> Kolbachar, I believe her name yes. is. Right. I watched the most amazing thing. She begins by bragging about her eight years as a county prosecutor and about how she knows about these things, and then goes on to say that under our federal rules of evidence, that Ford must be considered credible because of what she said to her therapist. Yeah, it's absurd. She's probably talking about Rule 803, which just makes an exception to the hearsay rule, which only means that it can be, it's reliable that she said it, not reliable that it's true. Mm-hmm. But this person claiming this expertise would get in front of the American public and make such a crazy statement. You're so right. any media call her out on it. And by the way, why doesn't she release those therapist notes? We'd all like to look at them now that she waived any sort of privilege. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that's the next thing. It's uh, pretty remarkable. If somebody did try to invoke the hearsay rule, well, that's the first thing you do. You want them in, you, you put the whole thing in. But it's, it's really crazy. That's the level of confidence that some of these um, Democratic senators show. That You're a lawyer, person, I take it. Well, yeah, but I don't do a hell of a lot of trial work, but even I know no. that. Right. Uh, it doesn't make her credible. It just means that it's reliable she said it. And how somebody in that position could not know the difference is just remarkable. All right, Mike. Good call. I appreciate it. John Fayetteville, Arkansas, the great KFAY. Go. What's up, my brother? What up? Come on down to Fayetteville, Arkansas. We take a picture in front of the U of A with uh, the great uh, J. William Fulbright. You know the guy. They haven't torn down that statue yet? No, no. You know oh. the guy that didn't want black people to vote. You know the Democrats that Bill Clinton loves. You know, Clinton's Paul. buddy. Oh, yeah. Clinton's mentor. Hey, li- li- listen, Mark, you know, I'm going to say something real quick and get off because I know you got valuable time here. But listen, th- these senators that say, oh, it's a lifetime position. Look, you've been on the you've been on the Senate for 50 years, dude. We're tired of hearing you, too. <laughs> Here's the thing, Mark. Here's the thing about You're, this. Th- you're talking about Leahy and his lifetime position. Yeah, exactly. 
listen here, America. You're always called. We're always calling and saying, Mark, what what can we do? I tell you what we do, Mark. In November, we vote because this your small town in Middle America. They're coming after you because those guys that vote on the left coast and the and the east coast, they want your America to be like they are in their state. And the the, the founders were such geniuses, Mark. You say it all the time with the electoral college because if it wasn't for that. Those people would be running our country. They tried to this week. They tried to this week. And let me tell you something, my brother. They're coming after that electoral college. They've made it quite obvious that they want to destroy that, too. I'm, I'm saying this to small-town America, Fable, Arkansas, little towns in Iowa. If you vote for that local guy that sells you by lying and shamming and, and on a sham that he is not a communist socialist, because if he has a D by, or she has a D by their name, that's what they stand for, and that's what you have to remember. They'll sell it to you locally, and they'll march off to Washington. You know what I'm talking about, Mark, my brother. Oh, yeah. We've got a little, little town America's got to wake up. Your little boat in a small town in Des Moines, Iowa, wherever you live, you have to get out and, and go against these people because they do want radical communist socialists. I live in a very liberal part of Arkansas, very liberal, and I have to keep my mouth shut. All right, John. Great call. We really appreciate it. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. The next time you hear any of these media clowns or Democrat clowns that show on these programs with these media clowns tell you about Trump not acting presidential, that they don't like a tweet or so forth and so on. Tell them to stick it. Look what these Democrats, look what the media have done to us as a nation. Look where they've dragged us in the false allegations of 10 weekends of gang rapes. False allegations, one after another. No proof whatsoever. None. Zero. Zero. They want to control the investigation. They want to control the FBI. I'm telling you, it's the modern Stasi. That's what it is. And the media, the free press, they say they believe in. They don't believe in the free press. They believe in the freedom to destroy this country. That's what they believe in. Now, Judge Kavanaugh has written an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal that literally just came out. I want to read it to you. I haven't read it yet. I want to read it to you. I was deeply honored to stand at the White House July 9 with my wife Ashley and my daughters Margaret and Liza to accept President Trump's nomination to succeed my former boss and mentor, Justice Anthony Kennedy, on the Supreme Court. My mom, Martha, one of the first women to serve as a Maryland prosecutor and trial judge, my inspiration to become a lawyer, sat in the audience with my dad, Ed. That night, I told the American people who I am and what I believe. I talked about my 28-year career as a lawyer, almost all of which has been in public service. 
I talked about my 12 years as a judge on the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit, often called the second most important court in the country. In my five years of service in the White House of President George W. Bush, I talked about my long record of advancing and promoting women, including as a judge. Majority of my 48 law clerks have been women and as a longtime coach of girls' basketball teams. As I explained that night, a good judge must be an umpire, a neutral and impartial arbiter who favors no political party, litigant, or policy. As Justice Kennedy has stated, judges do not make decisions to reach a preferred result. Judges make decisions because the law and the Constitution compel the result. Over the past 12 years, I have ruled sometimes for the prosecution, sometimes for criminal defendants, sometimes for workers and sometimes for businesses, sometimes for environmentalists and sometimes for coal miners. In each case, I follow the law. I do not decide cases based on personal or policy preferences. I am not a pro-plaintiff or pro-defendant judge. I am not a pro-prosecution or pro-defense judge. I am a pro-law judge. As Justice Kennedy showed us, a judge must be independent, not swayed by public pressure. Our independent judiciary is the crown jewel of our constitutional republic. The Supreme Court is the last line of defense for the separation of powers, for the rights and liberties guaranteed by the Constitution. The Supreme Court must never be viewed as a partisan institution. The justices do not sit on opposite sides of an aisle. They do not caucus in separate rooms, as I've said repeatedly. If confirmed to the court, I would be part of a team of nine committed to deciding cases according to the Constitution and laws of the United States. I would always strive to be a team player. Now, during the confirmation process, I met with 65 senators and I explained my approach to the law. I participated in more than 30 hours of hearings before the Senate Judiciary Committee, and I submitted written answers to nearly 1,300 additional questions. I was grateful for the opportunity. After all those meetings and after my initial hearing concluded, I was subjected to wrongful and sometimes vicious allegations. My time in high school and college, more than 30 years ago, has been ridiculously distorted. My wife and daughters have faced vile and violent threats. And against that backdrop, I testified before the Judiciary Committee last Thursday to defend my family, my good name, and my lifetime of public service. My hearing testimony was forceful and passionate. That is because I forcefully and passionately denied the allegation against me. At times, my testimony, both in my opening statement and response to questions, reflected my overwhelming frustration at being wrongly accused without corroboration of horrible conduct completely contrary to my record and character. My statement and answers also reflected my deep distress at the unfairness of how this allegation has been handled. I was very emotional last Thursday, more so than I've ever been. I might have been too emotional at times. I know that my tone was sharp, and I said a few things I should not have said. I hope everyone can understand that I was there as a son, husband, and dad. I testified with five people foremost in my mind. My mom, my dad, my wife, and most of all, my daughters. Going forward, you can count on me to be the same kind of judge and person I've been for my entire 28-year legal career. Hardworking, even-keeled, open-minded, independent, and dedicated to the Constitution and the public good. 
As a judge, I've always treated colleagues and litigants with the utmost respect. I've been known for my courtesy on and off the bench. I have not changed. I will continue to be the same kind of judge I've been for the last 12 years. And I will continue to contribute to our country as a coach, volunteer, and teacher. Every day, I will try to be the best husband, dad, and friend I can be. I will remain optimistic on the sunrise side of the mountain. I will continue to see the day that is coming, not the day that is gone. I revere the Constitution. I believe that an independent and impartial judiciary is essential to our constitutional republic. If confirmed by the Senate to serve on the Supreme Court, I will keep an open mind in every case and always strive to preserve the Constitution of the United States and the American rule of law. Brett M. Kavanaugh. It's a beautiful op-ed. Won't matter one whit to the Democrats or the media. And the three Republican stooges are really weighing their own careers and positioning themselves and don't give a whit about Judge Kavanaugh, his wife, his kids, or his parents. Now, several times the judge mentions in this op-ed the Constitution, and therein lies his problem. The reason he's hated by the left, the reason he's under attack by the Democrats, the reason the media went with gossip and rumor and really defamation is because his declared support for the Constitution. They do not support it. They do not support the Constitution. Except they'll take the free press part because they think it protects them. But when it comes to the Constitution, they trash constitutional originalists and textualists. We're throwbacks, don't you know? Unless we embrace the progressive agenda and enshrine it as a constitutional matter, thereby rewriting the Constitution with merely five justices, then we and Justice Kavanaugh must be destroyed. It is the Constitution that gets in the way of the progressive agenda, don't you see? It's the Constitution that they despise. They make no sense whatsoever. When they talk about the Constitution, when they talk about precedent, when they talk about precedent, we know, I suppose, that they must embrace Dred Scott. They must embrace Plessing. They must embrace Korematsu. That's precedent. It's precedent that was rejected as precedent. The case of Dred Scott, it took a civil war to undo it. The case of Plessy, it took 58 years to undo it. The case of Korematsu, it still hasn't been undone. Those were activist judges who did not follow the Constitution of the United States. That's why this is an important debate. They insist on abortion. It's not in the Constitution, so they demand precedent. They insist on their entire social agenda, their environmental agenda. It's not in the Constitution, but they demand it. They insist on an all-powerful centralized government to advance their agenda. That's not in the Constitution either. And they insist that the individual and states, well, that they accept this new rewritten Constitution, despite the fact that you and I have never participated in amending it. It's because Judge Kavanaugh reveres the Constitution, not just in name, but in action, as he declares that he is despised and he is hated because it's a threat to the progressive agenda. 
So the more he talks about reverence for the Constitution, the more he talks about following the Constitution, the more he is despised. I'll be right back. Mark Friends, one of the smartest lawyers I know, one of the nicest people I know is David Limbaugh. And he writes great books, and he's got one out right now called Jesus Risen. Now, this isn't exactly my area of expertise, but it's become his area of expertise. He's written a lot about politics and so forth, but he now has written extensively about Christianity. David Limbaugh, how are you, my friend? Mark, how are you? Thank you so much for having me on. Well, it's a great pleasure, and the book is, as I say, Jesus Risen. First of all, let me ask you this. You are more and more uh, writing. Really, you've become a bit of a scholar in this area of Christianity and so forth. How did you come to this point? Well, when I was uh, a young adult, I wasn't really a believer. I I always believed in God, but I, I didn't quite embrace the God of the Bible until I really started studying it. And and I had to overcome some obstacles, uh, uh, overcome some doubts. And when I finally became a believer, I, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm holding in my hand the Word of God with the Bible. And I was so in awe of that and so amazed that I wanted to inhale it and gobble it up and read as much as I could, learn as much as I could about the Bible and theology. And I, I wished at that time that there were some shortcut, that there were some uh, guides, some primers that would help me get a hold, a, a handle on the Bible more quickly than I did. It takes a lot of work if you do it on your own. It takes a lot of work anyway, and, and it's worthwhile work. But as I studied it, I, I, I wanted to share what I learned because I was so excited about it. So I tried to write a book on it, and this is before I had any platform, hadn't written any columns, uh, hadn't written any books, and it didn't really go anywhere. It was premature. But then I started writing a column, and and, and probably... 10 or 15 years later, I'd written all those columns, two columns a week, every week, and I got five books under my belt, and I thought, well, I now have a platform, I've got a little more confidence, uh, and I might just uh, try this again. So I wrote my first Christian-themed book, and again, explained my faith journey and why I believe in Christianity, and then from then, I've just gone on to write other books, and the last one was a book about the Gospels, uh, where I go through the Gospels and explain what the text is and uh, kind of paraphrase it in chronological order. And then uh, also interspersed commentaries from some of the greatest Christian thinkers and some of my own insights. And I wanted to continue with the New Testament after that because I ran out of space, literally, on that book. So I started with the book of Acts in this book, and it is a history of the early church. And six of Paul's 13 epistles, his letters to the early churches. So that's what this book is. It's just a continuation of my uh, trek through the New Testament, uh, and I've got more to go in the next book if Regnery, my publisher, agrees to do it. So what what the uh, short answer to your question is, I was on fire for the Bible, remain on fire for the Bible, have studied it really pretty hard for a layperson for the last 20 years on and off, and I wanted to share that passion help people where I was who were, who were doubters and wanted to learn more and give them some kind of a primer and, and a deep dive if they wanted to go further. 
I hope this book is both deep and accessible at the same time and will help people learn about the Bible and most of all inspire them to read the Bible for themselves and learn about it. Let me ask you this question. When you look around the world, you see Christianity under attack, even in our own country. It's under attack in different ways. You look at the Middle East, and same with Judaism. You would think that the only religion that ever existed in the Middle East was Islam. Yeah. And yet it's the third religion to exist. And Christians have been pushed out of most of the Arab countries. Obviously, uh, there, are, there are individuals who want to push the Jews out of, out of Jerusalem and Israel. But when you look at our own country, you talk about the Supreme Court and the courts generally, there is a growing hostility towards Christianity. Do you think your book will help people better understand that they don't have to be afraid of your faith or their faith? You know, that is such a good question. I I really believe that the Judeo-Christian tradition is at the bedrock of our constitutional principles. And I realize there's enlightenment influences and Judeo-Christian principles uh, behind the Constitution and our liberties. Uh, and what our tradition stands for, the Judeo-Christian tr- tradition stands for freedom. We believe we're made in God's image. We believe we're, we have these innate rights, these inalienable rights that come from God. That comes from our religious tradition. And as a result of really believing that from the core of our souls, that we all men are entitled to that freedom— we, by definition, do not want to suppress the freedom and liberty of anyone else, their religious or political liberty, and that includes people whose views are anathema to us. Therefore, the left, in response to your question, has nothing to fear for us, from us. Atheists have nothing to fear from us. Islam, as long as it doesn't attack us, has nothing to fear from us. And yet, the, the, the suppressors, the, the totalitarians, the authoritarians, the suppressors of free speech and liberty come from the left, and we do have something to fear from them. And so I don't like this notion that Christians should, or Jews, should sit idly by while the secular left destroys our liberties, destroys our way of life, destroys those sacred values that that underlie and undergird all of our freedoms. Uh, and we can't just, as some Christians, some passive Christians suggest, we can't just pray and expect God to do it all. Of course we pray, and we put it under his control but he put us here for a purpose. We didn't just we we weren't just placed on earth to be passive bystanders. We need to be active and there's nothing incompatible between Christianity and political activism as long as we are acting in accordance with our principles. And that's what I think we try to do. And I, we have to fight the left as hard as they fight us. We don't have to be as dirty as they are, but we do have to be as relentless and as intense. Uh, and that's what we need to do. And yes, they have nothing to fear from us. We have a lot to be concerned about in terms of what they would do to us if they had the power. The book is Jesus is Risen. It's by David Limbaugh. Uh, you can get it at Amazon.com or you can go to my sites if you're there already. Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. We have a link to it. It is really uh, fascinating. And uh, I want to tell the, uh, the audience a little interesting discussion you and I had when I said, I want you to come on and discuss your book. And David is so respectful of other faiths and other beliefs and other people. He said, well, are you really sure? Because, you know, I'm I'm talking about Jesus and, you know, and you're Jewish and so forth. (laughs) And I said, I get it. It's okay. I want you to come on my show. I want you to talk about this. I'll tell you why, David. And we're going to come back in 30 seconds. 
I think the more vibrant, the more rigorous people are in the Christian faith, the better society is. I feel the same way about my own religion, Judaism. And so let's discuss that a little bit when we come back. I'll be right back. Radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. All right. Is there any place that teaches young adults to seek what is true, beautiful, and good? Well, to even understand what those things mean. How about understanding the principle that all men are created equal or why America is the world's freest nation? There is a place where students study these things, Hillsdale College. And by putting in the work to understand essential truths, students graduate ready to lead in any field of their choosing. At Hillsdale, students learn what it means to be a good citizen, and you can learn this too. Hillsdale offers its stellar education to you too through the free monthly subscription to Imprimus and free online courses like Constitution 101. The fact is every American can learn like a Hillsdale student from the same professors, Most remarkably of all, Hillsdale provides this service to our nation without taking a single penny of taxpayer money, not one penny. I encourage you to learn how Hillsdale can serve you at a website just for my listeners. LevinforHillsdale.com. That's LevinforHillsdale.com. LevinforHillsdale.com. Let me get back to David Limbaugh. David, I had said uh, before the break that, look, I think a healthy, vibrant, a Christian faith, a people of Christian faith, like healthy, vibrant people of uh, Judaism, is a good thing for this country and a good thing for the world. What do you say? Uh, it couldn't be better stated. I mean, we, as I mentioned, and to, re- to reiterate what I said before, we, we stand and would fight to the death to protect the right of liberty for everyone, not just ourselves. It's not a self-interest thing. It is it is. We believe from the, from the bottom of our hearts that everyone ought to be free. Everyone is made in God's image. Everyone has an inalienable right in this country uh, to liberty. And we, Judeo, Jews and Christians, have such a healthy attitude toward uh, morality and toward God. And we, we share the same absolute values, and these values guide us and govern our society and our entire uh, constitutional framework is based on those values, and no other country in the history of the world even comes close to the principles uh, that undergird this uh, constitutional republic. There were some great empires, but they were empires. America is not even an empire. It has, it's the most powerful nation in the history of the world. It could have dominated and taken over the world, but it has been benign. It has been selfless, and it, uh, not selfless. It is wor- is looked at its own self-interest, but it has not sought to conquer other nations and exploit other nations contrary to the, to the left's uh, history revisionism. Uh, in every respect, most, both domestically and foreign, uh, our religious principles uh, are what stand behind the things that make this country great. I'm going to tell you something, uh, and I've been reading through your book, and it is fascinating to me as a non-Christian. Um, you write beautifully. You write in a way that's totally understandable. These are very complicated subjects. You know, you can get really weighed down. Or you can get caught in the weeds, and you don't do any of that. Uh, and, uh, and, and 
you can see the uh, the decency in your writing, the earnestness in your writing, and uh, and you raised a point earlier uh, when we were talking uh, in the first segment, and that is, and just mention it again, the founding of this nation. I, people need to understand uh, that the men who founded this nation, not all of them, but almost all of them, were Christians who met at the uh, who met. And um, on July 4th, with the Declaration of Independence and met in Philadelphia again on the Constitution. And look at what they did. Even look at the First Amendment, what they did. They didn't establish a religion, even though they could have, potentially. And yet they allow freedom of religion. So in other words, these are Judeo-Christian attitudes and principles. The Reformation, all these things that affected these faiths. And so while people may say, well, I'm an atheist, well, I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm a this religion, I'm a that, and I differ, and I don't agree with you. They can say that, as you point out, and they're free to do whatever they want. But what they cannot say is that the founders of the country, the framers of the Constitution, were not uh, religious men. They were religious in their own way and to different degrees, but these were men of faith, were they not? Yes, and, and that's been documented, and, and uh, a lot of people want to debunk that because it is in the interest of the secularists to uh, say, to rewrite history, to revise history and say that the framers were not religious men, that they were secularists, and thus uh, they, they say that as a result of that, we should get back to our secular values. And that when they, they want to radically transform, fundamentally transform our nation, uh, back to secularism and those kind of values. That's but because they distort what really it really was. But we know for a fact what they want to transfer us back to is something that's anathema to our founding principles. And we watch the totalitarian tendencies of the left uh, as Obama uh, tried to bring on. And he wanted to fundamentally transform the nation into nothing like it appeared at the time, nothing like it was founded. And you've written eloquently about this, and you know that his fundamental transformation was not a restoration of where we started, but a radical transformation away from it and the completion of the destruction of our founding principles, in my view. Now, again, I won't say I'm an expert on this subject. I won't even say I'm close to that. But the way you're dividing your writings on this, and you kind of touched on it at the beginning, is how is how and then where do you go from here okay i am uh again wanting to complete my journey through the new testament uh, i'd already written some on the old testament and i want to help readers really understand the bible so these this and i want to give them the historical perspective and so the book of acts is the early church the history of the early church it really happened in history these are real people and and i wrote and I, and I included the book of Acts, as I say, which is the history of the early church, and then six of the Apostle Paul's 13 epistles. He writes, he, forms these, he writes these letters to the churches after he had planted these churches throughout the Roman Empire, and they're falling away from the religion, they're falling prey to the secular influences, just like we see today. The secular influences of the pagan city of Corinth, which was dominated by uh, sexual immorality and idolatry from the mainly featured uh, the, the love goddess Aphrodite, and Paul would write to these churches in such a personal and intimate way, saying, look, I formed you as if I would birth a baby, and I told you the true 
gospel, and here you are deviating, listen to these, listening to these pagan influences and following your lustful desires. And he told them what they needed to do to get back on course, not follow the false teachers, but remember what he told them when he was there. And then he gives them instruction on practice, uh, Christian living, how to live right, how to be good and moral people, listen to the Holy Spirit, uh, obey the Holy Spirit, and then, and then continue uh, to do what is right. And he also ex- expounded on the doctrine, the Christian doctrine. And what's interesting, Mark, is this really happened in history. And I want to give readers a sense of that history, because when, when, they, when they read it, they will understand it really happened. And although Paul wrote these letters to particular churches, he didn't know that though they were inspired by God, they would be applicable to all of us for the next 2,000 or however many years the world exists. So they're of universal application to all churches and all people who read these letters, even though they were written to individual people at a, a specific point in time in history, we still profit from them today as Christians believe their Holy Scripture, the New Testament. They have become part of the, the New Testament and God's Word in our view. So it's just miraculous how this has occurred, and people can really profit uh, from these from these words, which we believe are God's words. So I want to help them. My book is not uh, God's Word. It's a book about God's Word, trying to facilitate people's understanding, advance their learning curve, reduce their intimidation about the Bible, and most of all, as I said again, inspire them to read it and gobble it up like I've tried to do the last 20 years. Well, you're very much the Renaissance man. The subjects that you've written about over the years really are uh, uh, very, well, they cover a lot of territory. And this is this is an area I know that is very, very important to you and true to you. And you dedicate the book, tell everybody who this is, to Kristen and Sam. Who, who are they? Uh, Kristen is my oldest daughter, and Sam is her new husband. And they got married a month or so ago, and you blessed us with your you and your wife's oh, presence, and I am so grateful. And you were so gracious to everyone there. They loved you. No, no, let me tell you, that was a beautiful, beautiful event, a beautiful marriage, and uh, the coming together of two wonderful families, and we wish them and you all the best. And another great book by David Limbaugh, Jesus is Risen. You know what? Your politics, left and right, left and right. This book is about faith. And David is a man of deep faith. Jesus is risen, Paul, and the early church. You can go to Amazon.com or Mark Levin Show, Facebook, Mark Levin Show, Twitter. And I strongly encourage people to take a look at this. And God bless you, my friend. You too. You're a great friend. Thank you so much for having me. All right. You take care. Very, very decent, wonderful friend, loyal friend. Same with his brother, Rush. These are two really top-shelf human beings. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You ever taken your car in for an oil change? And the mechanic finds something wrong and surprise, you're hit with a repair bill you didn't expect. It's happened to all of us, right? Well, when you have extended vehicle protection like I do from CarShield, you don't have to worry about those unexpected surprises. We have it for our 2010 Camaro. It's a beautiful car, by the way. So look, if your car breaks down after the manufacturer's warranty expires, you could be out of pocket thousands to get it fixed. 
Replacing your engine alone can cost thousands. Even a single repair, a simple repair to a sensor can cost over $1,000. And there's nothing simple about today's cars either. They also provide you 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. So if your car has 5,000 to 150,000 miles, it doesn't mean you have to pay high repair bills. CarShield administrators have paid out close to $2 billion in claims, and they're ready to help you. Save yourself thousands in future car repairs. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection like I did. Call 800-CAR-6100, 800-CAR-6100, and mention code LEVIN. Or visit carshield.com, that's carshield.com, and use code LEVIN. Either way, you'll save 10%. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN, or 800-CAR-6100. Mention code LEVIN, a deductible may apply. Also, point of personal privilege. October 6th is the wedding anniversary of my daughter, Lauren, and my stepson, Nick, and I want to wish them all the best. And they have given us two wonderful grandchildren. Uh, we, are, we are deeply, deeply blessed. Uh, also, I hope you'll take time to go over to Amazon.com and pre-order your copy or at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. Go on there, too. But pre-order your copy of Our Police, uh, my father's book that comes out October 30th. If you pre-order, it looks like it's 30% off. That's a great discount. It's just a, a refreshing, wonderful book. It's not propaganda. It is just a very wonderful book, beautifully illustrated by my father to you, the American people, uh, which is, uh, puts you know a positive light on our police, which really deserve it. They really do deserve it and uh, gets our children off to the right, uh, right start. And that includes all law enforcement out there. I think your families would love it, too. It's just a very sort of apple pie American type book, the kind that, uh, you know, that we just don't see that much anymore. Uh, but it's a very, very positive experience with your kids and you can go through it. Let's see. Is there anything else? And don't forget David Limbaugh's outstanding book. Okay. Jesus is risen. It is a terrific book. Uh, so mostly for you Christians out there, people who are just interested in the topic. He writes beautifully. It's easy to understand. It is a, a significant contribution to the understanding uh, of the New Testament and Christianity. He's become quite the scholar in this regard, as far as I'm concerned. And I will not be here tomorrow, and I will not be here Monday. I'm not on vacation. Uh, just things I need to attend to. So uh, I will be back Tuesday. That's the plan. And uh, I hope in the meantime, you'll watch Levin TV. We have a wonderful shows uh, this week on Levin TV. And the Sunday show is a killer. Uh, it is uh, on Life, Liberty, Levin, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Yes, we're back in our time slot like we should be. 7 p.m. Pacific. It's going to be all about the media coverage of the Kavanaugh matter, as well as Donald Trump, as well as other matters. And you're going to learn things you didn't know. And we're going to expose things that haven't been exposed, and we're going to use our intelligence to talk about it, because I think it's about time we do it. So for the full hour, that is what we're going to discuss. I think you'll find it absolutely compelling and fascinating. That's 10 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Mark it down again. I won't be here tomorrow to remind you, so just check it out. And let's see. Let us uh, end with a with a call or two. 
We've had terrific callers tonight. All right, let us go to uh, Chrissy, Cleveland, Ohio, on Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for all that you do and your dad. Um, I've bought your dad's books for my nieces and nephews, and I just, I absolutely love them. Thank but you. You're welcome. Um, but listening to your interview, interview with David Limbaugh, um, there is a, a monument that um, was formed, uh, Pilgrim Society was formed to build a monument 130 years ago in Plymouth, and it's called the National Monument to the Forefathers. It stands for faith, morality, law, education, and liberty. And it's mm-hmm. the largest granite monument in the United States of America, and hardly, there, people just don't know about it. Where and is it again? It's in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And I just, just kind of discovered it on, um, a sec- on a visit to Plymouth in 2010. And since then, I've been researching it. And I've been able to come up with, I have original documents and things that they use to try to raise money. This was during the Civil War. Some money was tight. There's connections to George Washington. There's also um, uh, connections to Abraham Lincoln. But they wanted a representation of this in every ladies' parlor, every school, every library. Um, And I I feel like I want to share this with people and... It's just, it's, it's amazing. Well, you it's just amazing. did with millions of people. And I might, and I might add, um, this idea of separation of church and state, none of us favor a uh, theocracy. So that's not what we're talking about. But the, but the expulsion of faith from the public square, that was never the intent of the framers of the Constitution. As a matter of fact, many states did uh, promote various religions, again, not from a, a, a theocratic uh, dictatorial point of view, but just from a, a, a public policy point of view. And so we reached a point as a result of a case called Everson uh, under an FDR Supreme Court where you had a gentleman by the name of Hugo Black. And Hugo Black uh, was the first nominee uh, FDR made to the Supreme Court. And he was an Alabaman. And he was an old-time Alabama segregationist. And he uh, he was the lawyer for the Klan for two years, as I've explained before. And he got involved in that decision in Everson, which started the, uh, the, the process for unraveling American history in the public square in terms of faith and so forth. And uh, it's very interesting because uh, even though he was on the right side of a particular decision, he influenced the decision in the Everson case to the point, see, he was anti-Catholic. And these school buses were picking up little Catholic kids on the way, and there's the big debate over whether you could use public funds that way. Anyway, I've talked about it in the years past. Maybe I'll talk about it in the near future, too. Anyway, I do appreciate your call. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and all you law enforcement folks out there. And we're very hopeful that by this weekend we have a new Supreme Court justice. I will see you on Tuesday. I'll see you on Sunday on Fox. God bless you.